0: another episode of the launch sequence podcast episode 38 this week and we've got a good topic today we're going to be talking about the combat sim of star citizen and uh whether it's any good and with me today to talk about it one of the best i think on the topic avenger one how are you today man
1: i am very good thank you i'm excited to be here man i mean i like we were saying before the podcast i I live and breathe this stuff you know so I'm excited. I could talk about this for a long time. So. Oh
0: well, we will be. We've got we've got about an hour on the clock, and uh, I'm gonna be picking your brain, man. I'm happy to happy to have you on here because really, I don't talk combat much. Anybody who watches me play this game knows that I don't. I don't really do combat that well, so I tend to stay away but from you, it.
1: But you can, and that's the trick.
0: I, I can, yes. Generally, it just all comes down to how how quickly can i ram someone but you know sometimes i get a shot off i get a good shot off here and there and uh, sounds it like out. a griefer sounds like a griefer <laughs> no 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 <laughs> i get paid for it i'm getting my bounties <laughs> That's right. but anyways um so you you make a lot of videos about combat for anybody who doesn't know avenger he makes great combat advice uh pvp advice on youtube and also streams and uh is actually doing this crazy challenge of like what one video a day right now.
1: Yeah. We're on episode 160 every day. Oh,
0: that is, is that, how long do you do that? Like, is that a year or when do you stop?
1: As soon as the wheels fall off <laughs> All right, as long man. as I can. I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, as a content creator, but uh, there's just, I, I feel like I've finally reached a point where I've covered the basics you know, when it comes to all the fundamentals, role aiming, pitch direction, mm-hmm. pitch fighting, like mm-hmm. so much. Right. So now now it's more like opinion pieces and just kind of keeping the flow going. So I'm yeah. sure I'm sl- I'm going to slow down to some point. <laughs> yeah,
0: going to run out of con- combat content. <laughs> I know. Um, Do you uh how did you get to this level? Like, you know, a lot about combat. Did you start off with playing flight sims way back in the day or like have you been doing this space stuff for a while what's what's your story <clears throat> <laughs> sit well, down kids
1: <laughs> so i brought my prop with me no i'm kidding but um <laughs> uh so i started like many kids in the 90s you know i, I played this old star wars game called xing versus tie fighter right and uh Xing versus tie fighter was this old star wars 90s game which uh was pretty simple you know there was no strafing or six degrees of freedom it was, essentially world war Two planes in space right mm-hmm. and um i remember playing them when i was a kid with this old little sidewinder joystick which just had one little red button and two little hat switches like it was super rudimentary and i remember as a kid playing that game and just being completely blown away you know and i like many kids i think um star Wars fan through and through I had them on VHS tapes like over and over and over so that's where the obsession kind of started I just got so sucked into the whole dogfighting. I wanted to be like Luke Skywalker you know when I was a kid yeah you know to this day right I still have uh, some of the props you know and, it's and- just uh
0: and now you're looking at flying next to luke skywalker in the game <laughs> right you know so. what i mean so it's
1: funny how it all comes around but you know i started there and then later on down the road i started playing other games and i got into eve online and then i got into eventually star wars squadrons which is uh, where i kind of started this whole thing um i went into that game because i heard about it and i heard that it was going to kind of be like a modern version of uh, X versus tie fighter mm-hmm. and I just got hooked right away. And I had been playing star citizen pretty actively for quite a few years. Okay. I'd been top of the leaderboards for many years, you know, and you know, it's just like everything, right. you, you be active and then you go inactive. It's just, you know, ebbs and flows, right. But yeah. Yeah. It really, uh, you know, the whole like kicking off into like content creation really started when I decided to go pro with um, squadrons because the tournaments started running around and sponsors started showing up and, you know, I, I've been playing it so much. I thought, Let's let's take a shot, you know? And uh, I played it for the, so, the first solid year. Okay. I, and it was probably one of the best experiences I ever had.
0: I didn't actually know that there was uh, a lot of professional play going on in squadrons. That's pretty cool, though. So you were mm-hmm. playing uh, Star Citizen, you said, for a little while before that. Did you get to Star Citizen or Elite Dangerous first?
1: <laughs> so Star Citizen first. Um, okay. I did get into Elite Dangerous, but unfortunately... You know, I I didn't get sucked in like I got sucked in with Star Citizen, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm a bit of a sucker when it comes to immersion. You know, Chris Roberts got me on that one. Um, <laughs> th- that, you know, like, we all complain about, like, getting on the train and microtech and, like, you know, going over somewhere. But there's times where you'll play Star Citizen. And I I think, I can't speak for everybody, but I think there's a pretty good majority of us out there that, that is standing on the world and you're just experiencing the game and there's times where like the sense of scale will kind of suck you in you'll just be like wow like this is pretty cool you know like you fly down in a multi-crew ship with your buddies or it's just there are times where it's just like
0: yeah (laughs) it's it's hard to explain often it happens pretty often i'm i'm surprised that it still happens to me honestly because like there's off I, i go into the game and i'm like this is all just old at this point but yeah I'll get in, and there are still plenty of times when I'm looking around, and I'm just like, geez, this is beautiful. Right?
1: Yeah, there's times, man. It gets you. And I'm excited for the future of the game, too. You know, we got Pyro coming out at some point this year, right? Cross your fingers. Yeah, yeah, hopefully.
0: (laughs) So you, you loved Squadrons, and it was good for combat, but you now are making more videos for Star Citizen. Is that because Squadrons kind of died out in popularity or were you just kind of bored with it or
1: yeah so squadrons is a bit of a tragic story right and i'm not going to bore you with the details right but the, you know the truth is you know we had a full year of sponsorship for tournaments and we had a ten thousand dollar final actually no, we had a twenty thousand dollar final it's just ten thousand for like the winning team and okay you know you know that was sponsored by my buddy Eckhart slatter who's a great guy right and yeah, it's I like know. yeah you know and it's yeah. The unfortunate reality is EA games in their infinite wisdom decided to um, pull the devs from the project and work on other stuff. And uh, there was some key things that the game really needed that um, to make the high, high, high level gameplay really feel good. um, They needed to have them fixed. Um, But unfortunately they didn't have the dev time. So, you know, some, it's just one of those things, right. Where it's like, if a few of these kind of exploits stay in the game, the game now like it's not a game of like shoot the fighter down it's a game of who can exploit this thing the most yeah, and yeah. Uh, it really does change the aspects of the game but it was funny because for a time like you know the player base was learning it right so nobody really knew you know mm-hmm. and then it's you know as the months and months ticked by and the competition started getting fiercer even those little tiny things that you know to most players it's not a big deal um you know to the highest level players like it's a a big thing you know yeah like this we had this thing called not to bore you with the details but there's no. like for example there was this thing called shield skipping right where um like how in star citizen if you take damage on your shields they'll they'll go down until they're done and then mm-hmm. there's a time you have to wait until they come back up but if you had advanced power management you could you know essentially go click click go to zero energy on shields and then restart the shield and you bypass that timer right away. Oh, so boom, your your shields will come right, come right. And little things like that, you know, like yeah. little things that they needed to fix, but the devs couldn't fix them. Right. So eventually I decided, okay, because the devs aren't in the project anymore, there's truly no future and because there's no future. I'm going to go back to the star citizen. Um, because at that point, ironically enough, the, the new flight model came out and I started playing it. And I thought, wow, this has some potential
0: okay so that's a good that's a good segue into the long long future of star citizen from that point <laughs> um you jumped into the game when the new flight model came out and you said okay it has it's got potential now for anybody who's listening to this podcast and has done any sort of combat in this game prior to i guess that flight model was that 2019 maybe or so 2020
1: well, I just got in at the tail end of when, I think, 3.15, where the Talon was basically killing everything.
0: Okay, um, yeah. So, I think then... that was, like, 2020. Or, no, three. Yeah, I think it was around. You said 3 when? Three, oh, 3.5? Uh,
1: 3.15, I think.
0: 3.15, that was a. That was a... Back,
1: back in, like, I played all the patches, but when I say, like, I went from playing Star Wars Squadrons to, like going full-time right, right 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 that's right
0: okay so right
1: before the flight model ticked over to 316 or is it three was it 314 well the, the
0: big the big flight model change was was back a while um are you talking about the new combat rebalances they did last year yeah In the point
1: where they went they went from um like the MAV thrusters being equal around all sides to now having like strong bottom thrusters and like having the whole you know combat
0: change oh yeah i think way. that was a little while ago But yeah, but anybody who has been in the we'll say the historical combat scene in Star Citizen knows that we have gone back and forth so much and had a lot of disagreements about how (laughs) combat runs in this game. So you jumped back in and you actually felt like it was good. Is that is that kind of a general consensus of the PVP crowd?
1: I don't know. I couldn't, I could. I can't talk for the PVP crowd in that sense, right? I mean, I I got some, I got some guys that, you know, the guys that are playing are playing and they'll give you one answer. They'll say, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. good. Right. But there's, I mean, there's so many friends of mine who are incredible pilots and they're like, yeah, tell me when it's good, you know? So it depends, right. You know, it's, um, it is the way it is. Right. But I remember, you know, back when it was like 0.8 and then the 1.1 and two, and I played them all, man. It's, and I've seen it be really good and then 3.0 really bad and then like the cone gimbling taking all the skill out and then it goes all over the place right yeah and i get it you know it's they're trying to figure out what works and, and what feels good right so but i think it could be exceptionally frustrating for some people in the community that play the game like at a really high level and they kind of understand it on such a deep level like solutions seem to come a little easier to the people that really have the timing. I mean, I had like thousands of hours clocked into 1.3 and I remember I spoke to John Pritchett for a while. He was such a good guy, man. Super smart, right? Like this guy worked for NASA, like, you can't get a smarter guy than this. Like I think in a way he was too smart because he wanted to model everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. His, his, I remember his ideas for the hover tech were, were pretty, pretty wild and just never able to get fully implemented into the game.
1: Right. And that's, you know, that's the way she goes. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it depends on who you ask. Right. But from my point of view, I think, where we currently are right now is playable and exciting and fun and it's like at least good enough that you can start playing and enjoying yourself but where it's going is where i'm like "Mm, now this is where i'm excited
0: all right and we will get to that we're gonna we're gonna talk about the future but before that so you said something you said something about the people who put a bunch of hours into this are the people who really benefit Mm -hmm. from it now star citizen has this thing that they do with the professions where they kind of make them so that they can be very, very hard and difficult to be good at. And then also be easy enough that somebody picks it up on their first day. Like we see this with the mining, uh, we see this with the medics. Do you see this with dog fighting or like the readouts in the HUD, the way that you can maneuver, um, how different things are communicated to you that are happening? Is this new player friendly or do they need to do more work on that?
1: Well, that's a tricky one because um from someone like me who like lives and breathes dogfighting games, like it seems to come so natural for me, but I've yeah. spoken to some of my friends who, you know, play apex legends and then I put them in a gladius cock when they're like, what is this? <laughs> what's an altimeter? What's a vector indicator? They're like, what's, you know, and I'm just like, yeah, it tells you where your vector goes. They're like, what's a vector. It's just, it, you, know, <laughs> you know, so it's, it can be, really overwhelming right um yeah. and i sometimes take it for granted especially because like i teach this stuff and it's like part of my life i love it so much mm-hmm. to me it's like second nature i'm like oh yeah just move this and do this and S turn this and they're just like what you know <laughs> and that's when i kind of really realized like i should probably make a video about this to kind of help explain what i'm talking about yeah um, because not gonna it, lie it be...
0: not gonna lie That's sometimes that's me watching the video too well
1: <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not the first person who's told me that actually uh miss gabby's told me she says she goes avengers she says you need to make a video and it needs to be like okay if you're new please watch these first few videos to like give you a baseline because <laughs> if people just jump in you know they're watching um you know the terminology and just the whole nature of the information that yeah. can be if you're coming in halfway through you're just like
0: i mean that's not not only <laughs> is that a good video but that also definitely solidifies you as like the place people go you know when they're coming on to start the game for the first time and they're like what the heck is a vector you're like oh look (laughs) what's avenger one's got a two minute video on vectors perfect
1: (laughs) what's a vector victor so it's uh yeah it could be a lot right but um yeah yeah
0: so you feel like they they haven't really done anything in particular to make that sort of experience easier
1: i don't think they can
0: yeah. At this point. Okay. And,
1: and I don't mean this in a rude way or a shot against CIG. It's like, how do you teach how do you teach combat like this? It's it's so not just unique to the game, six degrees of freedom. Like there's really not a lot of games out there like it. Planet Side 2 gets slightly close with its aerial combat. I know there's some jockeys out there that are like, Planet Side 2, you know, I mean? so I, <laughs> I get it, right? But it's um, you know, there's a there's a depth to the gameplay that is so deep that most people don't understand how deep it goes. And that's why I think there's this common kind of consensus right now where most people are kind of putting their foot into the water. They're like, Oh yeah, it's only that. It's only that deep. Whereas I'm out there and like way out there by the, by the buoys. I'm just like, Hey guys, come dive. It's super deep. And they're just like, who's that out there? Like, screw him. He's
0: weird. Well, (laughs) so so I thought I figured the player, the player interaction experience Uh, improvements they were going to add it just got delayed from 317 but they were going to add them in that patch that combined with other things like the the hint system that they're working on i figured that might be able to help with with some stuff like that
1: the hint system can do a little bit but there's something when it comes to understanding conceptually what's going on that Mm -hmm. is something that you can't really have a computer teach you you have to have someone sit down and be like okay let me explain you know your position relative to them how you're going to roll how you're going to move Like it's, you know, you can get it done in the single player campaign where they walk you through it, but it's also, this is going to sound a little woo woo, but it's, there's a feel to the combat too. Right. That I think is, is overlooked sometimes. Like when I fly some of the, like arrow, like the arrow, for example, which is my favorite fighter. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, there's a feeling I have when I'm connected to the ship where I have both my joysticks, my pedals, my track IR five, like in in hours and hours and hours of flight time, like the ship will go where I want it to go. It's like how you play an instrument, right? You just do it enough. You can play the chords and it just comes naturally. Right. You can't really teach that intellectually. You have to teach that physically. Like I always use this um, analogy in my streams with jujitsu class. Right. So, you come to a jiu-jitsu class, and for those of you who don't know what jiu-jitsu is, it's a form of martial arts, right? It's like wrestling. And you step onto the mat, and you say, how's you know, say your name? Bow, go onto the mat and start rolling. And you say, okay, put your leg over here and do this, and then choke the guy out. Simple, right? And then you start doing it, and you're rolling with a purple belt or someone who's even new, like a brown belt, who knows? Mm-hmm. And uh, boom, you're in a pretzel right away, and you're just like half the guy's size, or, or he's half your size, right? So it, there's a there's a skill that you have to develop that really helps you kind of understand what's going on. It's, it's part feeling it's part intellectual understanding of what's conceptually going on. And it's part like fundamental understanding of like even the terminology. Yeah. So unless CIG is going to make, and here's the problem, it's always changing, right? So is CIG going to have a team dedicated? Are they going to pay guys on a daily slash weekly basis to train people basically? Or are they just going to say, look, we're going to get it until we get the combat, right? Right. And then hopefully somebody steps up and takes some leadership, which I hopefully I've been able to do to some degree and say, okay, you guys are busy making the game. Cool. No problem. Let me help teach as many people as you can, because I think a more educated like community is going to be a more enlightened community, which is going to make better decisions. It's going to help CIG with not only their metrics, but also the design of the game. Cause if you have all these people who don't understand and they feel like they, they're they not entitled, but, it, you know, they, they feel like from their point of view, it's like it's got to be this way because that's like it just makes sense to me. But they don't even know some basics of combat yet because you yep. haven't been taught or they just don't know. And that's OK. It's like you're not in trouble or, or you're not a bad person if you don't know some basics. I mean, who's teaching this? Right. You either go to one of the really intense PVP orgs or you don't. You know, like there's not an academy, you know, and even the academies out there, it's like yeah, other than like let's say Liberty Reapers, there's there's not a lot of groups out there really training pilots and trying to help people at scale.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah, and and that goes for a lot of the game, to be honest. There's a lot that goes into this game, a lot of things, little details in all of the features that nobody's really actually telling anybody about. That's why I kind of started my own YouTube channel to get dive deeper into some of those things. But like CIG puts out some documents, sure, but they're five years old, they're buried on the website. And to be honest, that website is kind of part of the problem, in my opinion. <laughs> the The guide system that they have on there would be great if it was actually in the game. I think a lot of people come jump into the game, they want to get dogfighting training, or they want to get cargo hauling training, but they have no clue where to go to get it. Now nobody's going to think, oh, I better go on the website to make sure I can find someone in game. So I, I think that one of the big things they could do really is to bring that system into the game and that'll allow people like you to be able to put out beacons and say, Hey, come to me and I'll show you what we can do.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm down for, it. I mean, it's, it's players helping players, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like probably youtube and twitch is a better platform for that and it's already up and running at scale right Mm -hmm. if anything what they should consider is just maybe highlight a few of these individuals and say like hey if you want to learn pvp take a look at these couple streamers then they will help you out right yeah they Um, do have a section
0: on the website for that where they kind of link people's videos if you do like a tutorial on something mm -hmm. so yeah definitely i would aim for that
1: but the question is how do you reach the star citizen audience at scale that's that's the trick right it's like, do you just go on, because there's only so many folks that go on Spectrum and also look for that content. There's also only some folks I know that'll only go on YouTube. So, you know, it's just one of those things where it's just, it's, it takes time and you gotta, word of mouth I feel like is the most powerful where, you know, your buddy gets some training or watches a video. is like, oh man, you gotta see this. Cause it's like, help you understand what's going on.
0: I think you gotta bring it into the game. I think the only way it will spread reasonably well amongst the player bases in the game. Cause like you said, most of the people who are into star citizen aren't even in the game right now and when they finally mm-hmm. do get into star citizen the only place they're going to go is the game most people don't actually go and look at all the social media and stuff you know
1: that's true that's true I, there needs to be a tutorial no doubt about it yeah like <laughs> there needs to be yeah. something yeah yeah right but i was talking more like the the specific like player versus player tactics and stuff like that like that the, the really, getting into the weeds of like the meta meta and stuff like Mm -hmm. that like in terms of basics i 100% agree that they got to get a nice solid but here's the problem you know they're adding a lot of different things with their flight model it's always changing so as soon as they make a you know make a tutorial because i remember they did this remember they had a tutorial at some point real quick and then so much is changing that it's like they can't keep coming back and redoing the tutorial over and over again it's just like uh, yeah we'll get a tutorial running when it's ready
0: yeah Uh, That guide system is where it's at. They got to capitalize on it. But you had also said earlier, you talked a little bit about the other games that people could be playing for space combat. And you mentioned that this one is a little bit unique. Are there, how many, could you say, name the other games this might compete with in terms of space combat on one hand, or are there more than than five?
1: Well, it depends on the kind of game we're talking about, right? So you could argue that Everspace 2, you know, it could be a six degrees of freedom shooter similar to Star Citizen. You could argue, obviously, Elite Dangerous, right? That's, I mean, the closest, excuse me, comparison. You could argue mm-hmm. Free Space 2 with all its mods. I mean, for those of you fans out there of the Free Space 2 Diaspora mod, if you're a Battlestar Galactica fan, it's incredible. You know, really incredible mod that, that really makes you feel like you're flying a Viper. Oh, that's um, cool. You know, there's so many games out there that are space shooters, but um the only way, like... <laughs> Star Citizen's unique in that sense. The only experience of Star Citizen you're going to get, like Star Citizen, is Star Citizen, right? Yeah. Um, you know, there there is a game that's out there being developed for some from some friends of mine actually, um, called HunterNet, right? And HunterNet is a six degrees of freedom shooter, um, made by some individuals who are very passionate about space combat, and um, they've got a pretty cool game. I'm not going to lie, it had a cool Kickstarter. It's got it's a really cool project. So if you haven't seen that, you should check that out. Too yeah, great. I haven't so.
0: heard of it. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm well i always find it interesting because i was i was an xbox gamer most of my life i mean not xbox console we were you know <laughs> we'd switch between microsoft sony and nintendo um but most of my time was spent on xbox so i didn't play freelancer wing commander um i touched a little bit like the the starfighter was a jedi starfighter game and really (laughs) (laughs) this was like this is my real first dive this and elite dangerous both within like a two-year period period, were my first real dives into computer-based space combat and i feel like from what i've experienced at least they're wildly different in how elite is very much like no do not turn that way you know you you better only be thrusting that way or shooting in that direction The star citizen is kind of like well you can try that but you might you might blackout or something um love the blackouts <laughs> what do you what is what's better in your opinion
1: well i think that's always subjective right i mean for me personally star citizen is is ahead of the pack in every way okay does it bug does it crash yes is it frustrating absolutely is it fun yes is there nothing else like it 100 percent like when it comes to games like elite dangerous, like the way their flight system works is it is six degrees of freedom, but it rewards certain behavior. Right. And so if you were to make a true six degrees of freedom game, you look at a game like uh hunt, uh, sorry, um, uh into the black, which was a game designed by actually some of the original devs of the old tie fighter games. Mm-hmm. And it is as realistic as you could possibly get when it comes to like a space shooter in space. Right. Now, it's still in its Kickstarter phase. Right. But with Star Citizen, they've kind of taken a bit of an approach here. I think it's because Chris, like, you know, he watches Star Wars and he's like, I want to I wanna see that in the game. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes.
1: You know, and I mean, we all do too, but we want that cinematic, but also it's like a, we want something that feels exciting, that is skill based, that is in six degree, that feels like it's in space, but also kind of still feels like we're flying space like planes you know yeah, yeah because in in reality something like um you know the expanse if you're a fan of the expanse you know space combat would look very different you know it would it would very much be you know projectiles being fired from a certain location then small movements and then buying fire again fire. so you'd be again the whole velocity of the projectile like it's it's just a completely different way of fighting yeah not like uh, you know, like the Red Baron and World War One and Two and stuff like that, where you're in a tailing fight and you're trying to get behind the guy and it's this kind of like, you know, ace v ace, like Maverick from Top Gun, you know, this exciting, you know, battle of of skill. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're yeah. trying to bring some of that culture of the of the aerial dog fighting and stuff like that into a space environment. So they're rewarding certain kinds of behavior. For example, if you fly the Gladius, you know, you'll notice that her belly axis so her bottom thrusters are twice as powerful as her top right so you might Mm -hmm. think okay well in space i'm not sure why my bottoms would be so much more powerful than my top and you could argue well in order to VTOL or land or blah 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 you need stronger bottoms but in reality what it's doing is it's simulating lift right so when you pull into a corner with an aerial fighter right when you pull into a nice curve if you're pulling in with your bottom you have the most surface area against your plane which creates the most pressure as you pull through right as we've all seen airplanes fly through you know the air they turn and then they pull into the corner they try to simulate that here with these fighters right where they try to make you turn into the turn and then pull into it to make it feel more like you're in a you know a fighter but also still allowing you the freedom of just moving freely through six degrees of freedom but they reward you for flying more like an airplane because you get way more acceleration so you can make more turns more turns equals more deflection. More deflection equals missed shots equals a win.
0: Sure, but then you have a ship like the Car to All or something that would fly wildly <laughs> different and make you want to do something different in combat, right?
1: Uh, yes, but the problem with the Car to All is its front profile is three, four times the size sure. of the light. Sure.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's the killer. But I do, I do. That's always been the one thing. You know, as little combat experience as I have had, that's always been the one thing that I like is that you can pick your weapon and then out, figure out how to take somebody out with it. Mm-hmm. What what is your weapon I mean, you said you like the gladius most
1: so the gladius is the best fighter okay object objectively speaking mm. um, durability but, wise But you like the arrow uh,
0: oh yes yeah
1: yes i do that's my instrument of war but um <laughs> at the current time i mean it, i'm sure it'll change the mark ii hornet i think is my absolute favorite mm-hmm. by far not only just visually the way she looks but the f7a mark ii is just mm. i mean what a beautiful
0: beautiful aircraft does look better than the others um okay so let's talk about something they did last year which i really liked and i wished every team in star citizens development would do this although if they did we'd have ridiculous amounts of content um (laughs) they brought yeah it's not bad (laughs) i'd love it (laughs) but they brought in the combat team at the beginning of the year to talk about kind of where they were what they wanted to do that year Then they brought them in again at the middle of the year to say, here's what we're about to do, and this is why we're doing it. Then they brought them in at the end of the year to say, here's what we did, here's how it went, and here's how we want to build on it. I loved that. How did it progress through for you? Do you feel like they made a good move? Did they do good things in the game, and did you notice the things that they did?
1: Yeah, very much so. Um, I wasn't too active with the game when it first began like at the beginning of the year obviously Mm -hmm. because i was you know doing doing some tournaments and stuff with squadrons but you know halfway through i started picking it up and i know yogi and his team have been working really hard and i got nothing but love for those guys i mean from where the game was last year to where it is now it's a night and day difference it really truly is you know so if you look at the progression you know, to me, I look at it and I'm very optimistic. I'm like, okay, they're figuring it out. Like they really are figuring it out. And I remember things that I was like ranting and raving about years ago. They're, they're doing now. And I'm just like, Oh, thank God. they finally.
0: Like-
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's exciting, right? Because like I said before, it's like when you play the game to the degree that I played it, you know, um for all those years you know it like some things you know you notice just straight, like mechanically you're just like oh my god this makes no sense why can't they do it like this but that only comes with like a thousand hours in the cockpit until you start to really realize like oh okay that's why we can't or can do this or this and that
0: do you have any good examples of something that you used to have a ton of frustration with that they fixed last year
1: sure so the The powerful bottom thrusters is my okay. favorite addition because it simulates lift, right? Like we had, uh, um, so we had this issue, you know, um, previously, which still is uh, kind of part of the game, but that needs to be worked out. But it's way less of an issue than it was before. Uh, mm-hmm. You probably heard people talk about wiggling. Have you ever heard of wiggling?
0: Yes. Oh yeah, all the wiggles.
1: Right. Right. So what is a wiggle? So basically, what it is is, if my ship is here, right, in space, I'm gonna move up you know, a meter, down a meter, up a meter, down a meter, up a meter. And if I do that fast enough, the ship basically goes like this in space, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if you have symmetrical thrusters all around the ship, you have like 10 G's up, 10 G's down, 10 G's up. So the ship basically does this. (laughs) And if it stands still or relatively still, the pip's going to go up to the top, down to the bottom, up to the top. Yeah. It can be very exploity in that sense, right? So any, I, any, Fantasy of having like this very smooth, methodical dogfight—it's completely out the window because ships just get close to each other and they go like mm-hmm. a tic-tac UFO, and yeah. it's very, very infuriating, right? So the advent of the, the the increased jerk profile, which means the the acceleration on the thrusters, so how soon they're able to give you maximum thrust, mm-hmm. which uh, really t- like dampers dampens the effect of the wobbling, um has gone down. However, it can still be exploited a little bit, but they're working on that, right? But where it was before compared to where it is now, it's like big change, big plus. Like that's a huge step in the right direction, okay. especially when it comes to the feeling of you know, cause now you have to with the enhanced speeds as well, like you know, pre-nosing. And most people never needed to pre-nose in previous patches. It was completely unnecessary. The turn rates were super high. So your positional dog fighting has has made kind of a A entrance in this point where positional dogfighting, your position relative to your enemy, your nose position, your thruster position really has a big impact on the, like, if you're going to be successful in that fight, which adds the skill to the flight side, which is really exciting. So big plus on that one.
0: Yeah, it sounds like that is good for the game. It is very much so. Cool. That also sounds kind of like something that would be controversial in the pvp crowd because i know that some people were very much Mm -hmm. against the idea of like world war ii planes in space whereas other people were very much about you know oh well it has kind of that cooler sort of feel so i imagine that there's been some disagreements on the usefulness of that but i am really happy to hear that there are some things that you know people like yourself with some experience who have been asking for it to be improved actually are being improved because many people know star Citizen has for a long time felt like a project in constant development in the sense yes it obviously it's still there but but in the (laughs) sense that like we would keep getting new features and implementations but they would all feel like experiments they'd never feel like something that the team was putting out that they would then build on to actually put into the game so i i feel like that's kind of what's happened with combat can you can you confirm yes yes okay that's re- it's really what comes, yes. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> i was worried there for a second yes that's good yeah. so then let's talk about kind of what they've they've said is going to be coming in the future and mm. that goes from anything to from from fuel to improvements in the the heat and resource systems to um uh mm,
1: very excited for these things <laughs> yeah
0: so to like different types of ammo i mean flak ammo so i guess let's let's start more basic what's kind of something that you you realize they're bringing in more uh short term you know maybe maybe when they talk about like targeting components we know that's probably not going to happen this year so what is something that you
1: we could target components now right we can sub target engines and different components on ships Mm -hmm. um and when it comes to like something that's coming down in the relative future i mean if i had a crystal ball i'd let you know but (laughs) I really I really wish I could tell you, because I know as much as you do, but I can take a guess.
0: Yeah, just based off I of would, what they were saying at the end of last year.
1: I would assume that we're going to get a weapon balance relatively soon, right? Because I know Yogi said, like, he's like, this is a baseline. We want to see what the metrics look like, how ships stack up, and then we adjust it from there, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, repeaters have taken a massive lead in effectiveness on every domain because the velocity of a projectile is just too important of a metric to to have a difference as big as we have right now, where we have cannons at 700 meters per second and we have repeaters at 1400. So it's just, you know, your standoff difference is so different, right? Mm -hmm. So new weapon balance hitting soon, I think is going to be really exciting because I want to see variations between weapons. Like I think everybody does, you know, I want to see, the most I want to see, though, is the heat elements to the game. The, the yeah. thermal energy buildups, that is the big one because right now we have really low like really low ballistic pools, which is a temporary fix to make sure that ballistics don't become too meta because the honest truth is ballistics right now are there's nothing better than ballistics. I mean, they have double the DPS. They're crazy accurate, and they're super fun to play as. I yeah. love ballistics. Yeah. <laughs> but you can squeeze the trigger and, not hold, and just hold it down the whole mag and just
0: yeah it's a lot you of know, fun if
1: you <laughs> right like if you haven't jumped in a full ballistic hornet you are missing out man like it could be it can be a lot of fun but you can hold the trigger down and so when the heat mechanics come into play this is going to really make things interesting because heat doesn't just affect your weapons right so they can limit trigger time with heat so you can only get a two seconds trigger pull until your guns are like whoa, whoa that's it too hot Right, you can make ballistics balance that way so that it takes skill and and accuracy to get into a slot so that all your damage can apply. So you have got to be within that 600 meter range, and then when you squeeze the trigger, you've got to get lots of your hits on target. But if you do that, boom, you've got the kill. But if you just you know squeeze the trigger anytime the guy gets close to you, you're probably not going to do much damage because your yeah. most of your bullets are going to miss. And so it rewards it rewards skill based gameplay, which is what I'm all about. Right? It's like the deeper and more skill based it is. The better game we have in the future,
0: yeah, right. Yeah, because definitely. that'll
1: keep people that'll keep people interested for 10, 20 years, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, EVE Online has been going for twenty years. I see no reason my Star Citizen can't do the
0: same. If Star Citizen does not go for twenty years, then it probably is a failure. To be honest, it definitely should be <laughs> going for that long. I this this yeah. game should exist in twenty forty. That is, uh, if it's not, then they did something wrong there. I agree.
1: I one hundred percent agree. So the yeah, yeah so the heat.
0: He, The heat is going to be very cool. That's going to be an awesome addition. And just to go back, so you said that, um, uh, sorry, I missed, I just forgot what I was going to say. (laughs) You were talking about, um, being able to target subcomponents. You can do that. Yes. So how do you, how do you do that? Well, you target the ship. I don't ship.
1: personally do it very much, but okay. yes, there is a you can you can bind it to one of your controls, right? Okay. So you can bind it you can bind it to a hat switch, you can you can cycle the difference So once you target the person, you can then choose your hat switch if you set it up to target different components, right? And so for example, the buccaneer, which is what I I constantly rag on the poor buccaneer on my stream. <laughs> for those of you who watch my stream, they know exactly what I'm about to say. Um the Buccaneer is an interesting-looking ship, but the problem with the Buccaneer, like many things, is its component health is very low. So if you target the starboard engine on the Buccaneer, mm-hmm. gone. Take that engine out right away, and she'll just spin, 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 spin. Okay. Right? So you can essentially cut the time to kill of a Buccaneer in half, which is lower than the time to kill of a standard light fighter. So not only are you dealing with a slower, heavier platform that's easier to hit, but now it's have, it has essentially half the hit points if you target the engine.
0: So ah, I see. Yeah, I got gotcha. you.
1: There's going to be a lot of upset Buccaneer pilot. After this <laughs>
0: podcast. Well, there's a lot of, there's actually a lot of ships that have kind of unique qualities when it comes to combat, like EMPs and, and e capabilities um, and stuff like that. How does that all kind of figure in?
1: Yeah. So I am all about deeper, more immersive gameplay, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it should never be at the cost of a skill bridge. Right. And so remember when Gimbals first came out, Hmm. If we remember what gimbals were like when they first came out, it was this massive cone
0: yeah, yeah that
1: basically turns your ship into a complete aimbot and you know any kind of positional skill or dogfighting skill went straight out the window because at this point you know anybody who picked up a controller could just get within 20 degrees and pull the trigger. yeah, I was good and at fighting that, back
0: know,
1: then. Right? it was, it was <laughs> wonderful <laughs> so but even though it might have given people instant you know instant gratification and they're like, oh, I gotta a kill, right? It's not healthy for the game in the long term because would you want to play a game that simple for twenty years? Like yeah, I guarantee no. people get we get so bored they'd be like, oh great, you know I got engaged. Well, it's not like I can do much because I don't have enough health or whatever. So yeah. it's, it turns into more of an Evon Online style game where it's like, okay, I have this ship, it does this much DPS because the actual tactile skill of the performance of the ship, there's not a lot of room to wiggle there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely, definitely
0: okay well i to be honest the the combat in the game is something i haven't really gotten too deep into i love the super hornet as that's my go-to ship for dog fighting uh with the turrets on top i usually take them off through a c7 c was c seven eighty eight. the uh you should
1: keep the two two size twos on it you i like I,
0: I use them i do use them but every once <laughs> in a while i like to switch out the big one for the boomstick on top because man that thing is fun that thing is go, great God, go boom yeah <laughs> But I don't know much about capital ship combat. We've had a couple of big events go on in the last year. Xenothreat and uh, I guess Xenothreat. I mean, we tried to take down the Bengal last year, of course. But that's the main place we've been fighting, like Idris. And besides that, I don't know much about capital ship combat or what that would be like. And I understand there aren't many other games on the industry right now where you would be fighting a capital ship. So there's not much to compare to. But what are your takes on how that's been playing out? Do you do you feel like they're in the right place, heading in the right direction for that kind of stuff?
1: Yes and no. So I think we're a little early in that respect because mm-hmm. what we need right cause right like look at what we have right now. We have an eight ninety jump, which yeah. morphologist does a fantastic job breaking down how beautiful the ship is. Oh yeah. We have a Carrick, which is a long range military expedition craft meant for recon or special forces stuff. Mm-hmm. Not exactly your premier tip of the spear combat ship. We have the Hammerhead, which is a corvette. So I wouldn't call it, you know, like capital ship, but True. she's pretty cool. She's got lots of teeth. So it's definitely a lot of fun to fly the Hammerhead. And we've got, I think that's pretty much it for big ships, right? The Crusader Ares. Um, sorry, the uh, Crusader uh, uh, Starlink starlifters right which again are troop transport carriers rather than like military capital weapon platforms yeah, right yeah. so we do have the idris's in the game obviously but we can't fly them <laughs> so you know the npc effectiveness is one one hundredth what the capability of the ship platform could possibly be in the right. of a human right yeah so what a human idris could look like when it's crewed by effective teams and players is going to dwarf the capability of what we currently see with the uh, Idris is that, you know, yeah. that we're at you know we shooting at Xenon right. So in terms of capital gameplay, it's hard to say, right? I think where we're going, like because we're in this kind of six degrees of freedom, you know, obviously capital ships are going to be slow, right? I mean, I hope I, so. I, I see, I see no indication of ships like javelins like running around doing strafing runs against Gladiuses. <laughs> so, you know, I highly doubt that's going to be the case. Now, when they might be fast in a tactical sense, in that they're quick, quick on quantum, they're fast in a straight line after they've been able to build up some speed. Sure, okay, I can, I can go with that, right? But they're not exactly going to be moving around fast, right? Yeah. Um, and nor should they. So the tactical aspect of the capital ship gameplay will come down to the helms officers for the different capital ships. And that's going to be really important. So positionally, I think it's going to be really exciting because if you position, for example, right, we're in a little bit of imagination territory here, yeah, but of I course, think yeah. we, can, we can kind of argue the effectiveness of Idris is at long range compared to a javelin at shorter range, right? Yeah. So an Idris at long range could be sniping something like a javelin from 10, 15K, who knows what the range is, right? Um, so if you warp your Idris in or you position your Idris in a blind spot where somebody in a capital ship like a Javelin doesn't expect it, you could do some serious damage. Uh, and then you also add, like I did a video literally today where I talked about the balance triangle, where I said you have three categories of ships, right? You have capitals, which have the edge against fighters because their fighters don't have the capability to damage the capitals. So mm-hmm. yeah. they're essentially ineffective, relatively speaking. And if they're not ineffective against the capitals, then they should be made to be relatively ineffective. Yeah. Right. That's not to say that if you have an uncrewed javelin and you're a bit of a interesting individual that you're not gonna get killed by a gang <laughs> of light fighters, but you know, in a military setting against two coordinated groups. You know, I shouldn't order my fighter fleet essentially after they've dealt with the bombers to go like, okay, guys, let's go attack the Javelin by ourselves now. It's just like, well, I mean,
0: hold off. We need some. We need some <laughs> Bring bombers. You yeah. know? we need yeah. we
1: need something, right? Like, you know, we got to get through the shield. So, you know, and and I I, I hope the game goes that way, right? Um, and then when it comes to the bombers, the bombers are are vulnerable to the fighters, but they're also very effective against the big stuff, right? right. right. Because they're they're fast enough to get in avoid some of the pdcs and turrets drop their payload which will be very very high and then scoot out before they get blasted right i'm sure though i'm sure the capital ship will be able to snag a few of them you know yeah but um in the long term it's like if you have a fleet of gladiators well you're in a lot of trouble because that's a lot of size five torpedoes
0: yeah don't do that (laughs) um (laughs) did you do you ever man a turret or participate in like Mm multi-crew combat
1: all the time yeah so, we do we do multi-crew stuff all the time
0: so one of my main concerns oh concerns uh one of my main concerns <laughs> has always been with the combat as much as i fantasize about this idea of like big ships with players on it shooting other players and fighters and they're all flying and doing all this stuff i i i sometimes struggle to believe that it'll actually fit together like I know I've been in situations where I'm on a turret and I'm shooting another ship that's flying around. But I try to imagine extrapolating that out to multiple ships and multiple fighters. And uh, sometimes I'm not so sure that's a thing. And I, I just, you know, candidly, I'm wondering, is that something that you feel like is in the cards? Like, have you ever found yourself in a situation where you feel like you're already there? You're already experiencing that big battle?
1: Well, we run ops on the stream and on with Avenger Squadron pilots. We did a 12v12 recently. You know, we did some other ops where we did like gangs of hurricanes versus gangs of light fighters. And we balanced Mm -hmm. it based off of the number of pilots, right? So we had, you know, four hurricanes fully crewed versus X amount of light fighters, you know. So four times two is eight, right? So we had eight light fighters versus those kids. So we had the, the same number of people. But it was a different mesh. And when it comes to like, you know, maybe the idea you're trying to get across is like, you know, what, when, at what point are we gonna have like a fully crewed, say, hurricane? Sorry, a hammerhead.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Versus another fully crewed hammerhead with a fighter screen with bombers. You know, those are things that we can do now because we have a 50 player cap, but 50 is really not that big, right? So you're basically stuck to 25 v. 25, which still can feel really large, but you know. We're supposed to be getting at some point like these two, three hundred man battles, or maybe even more. You know, it's like this this kind of, and that's where I kind of chuckle. I go like, okay, well let's pump the brakes, guys.
0: That's what I'm. Yeah, exactly.
1: What's What's reasonable is probably a 100 man player count, right? Um, 100 person player count, right? So you get a 50 and a 50, which could be doable, right? Because if you have, you know, a 12 pilot fighter screen locked in on the deck of an Idris that's 12 pilots right there plus the five people needed to crew the ship right now people argue wow you need way more to crew the Idris it's like okay yes you do but here's the answer to that question why would I spend 12 bodies to crew an Idris when I could spend 12 bodies to do a fighter screen and then 12 bombers what's going to be more effective
0: I mean it's the same it's the same reason we put RGB on our computer right it's just cool (laughs)
1: <laughs> True, but in, in, in a world where permadeath is on the line and people's you know losing monies and stuff, like they're going to go for the most effective coordinated strategy, right? Yeah, and or look cool dying, think, or look cool <laughs> dying, right? So what I think people should maybe what the idea should should consider is offloading the less exciting jobs to the NPCs and allowing the players to take the more center focused role, right? So. I think they should consider having, like, instead of having each individual turret manned by a player, maybe have them all remote weapon systems manned by one person on the bridge. Right? Stuff like that. You know, that yeah. could really help reduce the amount so that you have a bridge crew of about three or four people, which could be a really exciting multi-crew experience. And then, obviously, you know, the, the fighter deck crews that are living on board the ship as well, but, you know, they're not participating, like how when there's a combat battle the fighter crews all take off and you have the four or five people sitting on the Idris Mm -hmm. contributing to the fight. One of them obviously being on like a tactical monitor that can kind of look at the whole situation, give coordinates, give grids, give targets to the fighter screens and to the bombers so that they know because an Idris obviously has way better sensors. So it can see a lot farther. It can see things easier so it can relay that information to its fighters, which I think would be really exciting. And it goes into the whole command and control kind of aspect so having a large vessel those would be the some of the benefits and not only just that but also force projection i mean when you go into pyro pyro is a big system mm-hmm. you're going to fly arrows all the way around pyro you know it's not going to work right no. it's better yeah. to put them on the deck of an Idris or something or a kraken or a liberator and then just like blast off to somewhere else and, yeah and then take take off from there right
0: yeah larger ships are going to be interesting in the in the combat sense and logistical sense and all that um I'm, I'm very curious on how the mid-sized ships are going to work out, too. You know, you talked about that balance, the three, the three different points of that triangle being the fighters, the bombers, and the large ships. And how kind of those mid-sized ships, like things like the size of kind of the Constellation and uh, the Caterpillar and stuff like that fits in. <laughs> but overall, I think the most interesting thing about Star Citizen combat-wise is just how much combat is in everything. You know, you get a mining ship with a couple of lasers on it. You got a repair ship with a turret on the back. A merchant man's got a massive turret on the front that looks like it could be its own spaceship. So that's always been interesting to me. And I guess kind of goes back to that point that I was talking about earlier in that I hope CIG figures out a way to make this stuff easy for people to pick up because combat's intimidating. Permadeath is going to be a thing and everybody wants to feel like they can go out and safely do stuff. So I, I, yeah. I do hope that I don't know. I just hope that that kind of stuff figures itself out. He decided to show up. <laughs> yeah, the cat. <laughs> he just decided to sit on me. So the cat has decided him. to join the podcast.
1: I'm doing an interview, buddy. <laughs> you so. just chuck the cat? Oh, he's, he's on his little tower. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. But yes, he did get shot But So anyway, um, <laughs> it can be daunting. And I think that's a good thing. I think areas of space like earth or stanton is kind of a low sec area right so it's kind yeah. of in between where it's like safe ish
0: you know mm-hmm. it's not Terra,
1: you know yeah like when a new player gets into the game you know, keep them at around earth keep them around the stanton system like you know make it obvious that if you go to pyro be prepared
0: mm-hmm. because oh, yeah you know
1: the higher the higher the risk obviously the higher the reward which is going to want like going to drive people into those areas so you know, I agree with your sentiment. Like I would, I would not want to play star citizen if it was PVP everywhere. Like that's not fun because yeah. we, as like, you know, cause I'm a more PVP focused guy then I would have nobody to play with. Right. And like, I the, I need equipment. Like I need, I need JS 300s at, at, at ruin station. I need weapons. I need attrition. I need Panthers. Who's going to ship those things mm-hmm. to, to ruin station yeah. if I kill yeah, yeah, everybody? Yeah, yeah. It's like, a whole, you know, it's an ecosystem.
0: I do believe in the sentiment that and I'm and I'm betting I think you're probably on the same line of thought here that you should be able to PVP everywhere. But like you should also get stopped by the by the game, like, you know, security or somebody who can stop you because it does kind of it adds to that. That risk, you know, that like I said, you do want to feel safe all the time, but you also kind of want to know you want to know that you're in Terra. Yeah, you're safe, but if if push comes to shove really then you might want to watch out
1: yeah it depends on where you go right like if you go to a blind spot where there's no calm relay and then you know you're being hunted by a pirate right. or something it's like <laughs> it's gonna yeah. get real yeah you know what i mean so yeah i'm all for that right? i mean that's that's the excitement of star citizen right mm-hmm. it's like and those stories like um because there's gonna be, there's gonna come times where it's you know I mean, just think about it, right? Let's say you're a, you know, you're, your typical star citizen, right? You're shipping, but you've got your sidearm and stuff. And let's say you mm-hmm. get attacked by maybe not the most organized group of pirates. Right. Um, and they may be, you know, it's just like the, the sandbox experience of star citizen is really what drives people into it. Right. Yeah. I use Eve online as an example, because it's probably the best parallel. It's like, you know, you have wars happening in that game and in that community because of wars that happened 10 years ago, so there's like content on content that starts itself, right? And there's there's this kind of dynamic when it comes to like, oh, I met this guy and you know, on in space or, you never know, right? I mean, yeah. Some of my some of my pilots that I fly with now were guys that I found in the universe and just shot down, right? And then they, they came to the <laughs> so stream kind. and they're like, man, that was, <laughs> you know, you say good fight and that's it. And you just say, like, hey, man, no problem, man. It's just like you know it, it, it's who knows who you're going to meet, right? Like star citizen is that experience, right? So if you take away opportunities to develop those kinds of visceral experiences, I mean, sometimes you're going to get shot down. Sometimes it's going to be a pirate and he's going to be really good at his job and he's going to disable you and he's going to get on board your ship and he's going to go give me your stuff and you're going to give him your stuff and he's going to go and shoot you anyway. (laughs) Like that's, that's going to come on pirate. (laughs) You know, like there's going to be, you know, a holes out there, but there's also eventually going to be guys out there that are going to go like, Oh, Hey, so you had a pirate problem, eh? Okay, give me a, a portion of your money here, and let's go back out that same path, and let's get him to bite again. And he's going to bite again. And then all of a sudden, oh, no, a bunch of Avenger Squadron guys show up. Oh, no, we've got an interdictor. <laughs> he can't warp away. Oh, no, oh, no, one thing leads to another. And before you know it, Mr. Pirate is no more Mr. Pirate. Is that so, your you is know. that your
0: recruitment pitch for Avenger Squadron?
1: <laughs> well, ironically, <laughs> enough, <laughs> So we, you know, if, if you really must know... <laughs> you know um i we're more of like a mandalorian kind of thing you know it's we don't really go on one side of the law or the other um you know i i don't personally care if we're the good guys and i don't personally care for the bad guys i just care about my team i care about their training i care about how we're doing as a team and i care about looking for content that we want to find i mean a lot of times like recently we were out and we were in xenothreat looking for fights and uh, I know I can understand why some people say, like, oh, this is really toxic and this and that. But I'm not shooting down cargo haulers that are doing the mission. I'm shooting down fighters. And honestly, I'm one arrow by myself. I mean, if you can't deal with one arrow, come on, guys. In in right?
0: in where in what situation is this? Sorry. The, Xeno, the
1: Xenocrat stuff. Uh, right? So just looking for fights, doing my thing, right? And, you know, it's people. people need to understand that, like, PvP is going to happen. And you have to protect yourself. Like you have to be prepared, right? And um, you know, it's I don't live by any code in that sense. It's just like our our group and stuff. Like we just we care about getting into fights as much as possible. Because you know, it's it's not about what side of the law we 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 fall onto. It's just like getting getting good at our craft, and our craft is warfare.
0: But hear me out. If if you're not killing people for in-game means then technically they can't they can't do anything to stop other than die right
1: so do it sorry say that again so (laughs) like
0: if you're if you're if you're going out to find a fight but you're not saying like pay us up to stop us or or you know run away or anything like that then the only way they can technically get out of the fight is to die or or to win
1: sometimes yeah sometimes yeah Right. Sometimes that's the way she goes, right? And, and that up, can be
0: do You end up like having some people get a little upset. Yeah.
1: They can get a little upset. But the way I see it is this, right? Um, I'm usually flying around with a high bounty, and now the bounties have been upped, right? So you make about 250,000 credits if you kill me. So there's definitely money to be made in hunting down bounties, and it also gives bounty hunters a reason to be bounty hunters,
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, it's like um sometimes you know it's like you it's just like people you know like i'm not doing it for any reason other than to get into a fight and Mm -hmm. i know some people don't want to fight but they're also at a war zone site fighting and shooting things down so if you're not looking for a fight then what are you looking for Mm -hmm. right that's the way i see it right like i'm not what i like there's a limit right like you know some people always argue like the whole griefing angle right it's like i don't Mm -hmm. pad ram people i don't that's so toxic like i don't do that stuff you know, a lot of times if I know the fight is just way too unbalanced and it's just like it's not threat, like it's just out in the world, mm-hmm. like I'll let the guy go. Or if I, you know, if I shoot him to pieces and he's like nothing but a cockpit, like I don't need to finish the kill. Go ahead and eject. You know what I mean? And I'll pick you up and fly you back to base. I don't care. Like it's not about the, the murdering of the people. It's not about the ruining of that person's time. It's about yeah. the process of it's like I use the analogy like, um, you know, do you get mad at? at the you know at, at animals that just go out and hunt like you can't really be mad at a bear for grabbing a fish and just ripping it to pieces it's like that's just what it does you know what i mean and it's, it's kind of the way i see it where it's like i I'm mean a if that peer.
0: bear was going after a fish i was going after then like you know watch out <laughs>
1: that's right Catch <laughs> you your smith and wesson you know 7. A, 16, watch to yourself, so, bear. you know it's like maybe that's a bad example right but it's like you know you can't get mad at people who are looking for fights because they want to they just get into a fight, right? Um, and there are checks and balances in place. That's why we have bounty hunters. That's why we have people. And again, right, it's, I mean, it's, if it's just me and an arrow, like, it's really not hard to get a, p- a few guys together, get in a hurricane or something and, and go deal with that arrow. Like, it's, you know, it's not like, you know, I just, I, I think some people just need to take a chill pill in that sense. Like, PvP is going to happen. Like, get ready for it. You know, and not everyone's going to be as polite about it as myself or some of my guys. Because, relatively speaking, you know, there's groups out there that are really, really brutal. Like they, they don't give you a second chance. <laughs>
0: Do you think that's going to be a problem?
1: I think the, the I think there's an attitude issue right now with the whole community when it comes to PvP because of so many instances where people get into fights that they know they're just totally outmatched or that they didn't want to have a fight and they just get they get attacked, right? I mean, if you don't train and you don't know how to fight back and someone attacks you, it's a it's a helpless feeling. Like, you just don't know, you're just like, what am I supposed to do, die? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it's, it's you know, you get, it, it's upsetting, right? And I get that, that's why, for me, like, I try not to blast everybody I see. And, you know, obviously when it comes to- Zia, It's a solid right, way to live. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I try. I try to be polite about it, but at the same time, it's like you know. I'm, you know, I also offer a million credits for someone to come kill me. I say like, hey, I'm at this point in space. Come fight me, and if you beat me, I'll pay you money, and you can also take my bounty, right? So it's you know, to me, it's about it's the process of fighting, and it's not so much the process of like hurting people. Like that doesn't. No, I I get you. I
0: get you. You're you're there for the fight. I get you. So I'm getting that you're probably gonna spend most of your time in Pyro once that comes out.
1: Oh yeah, probably exclusively. At and that for the time being until a new system comes out.
0: And I find myself wondering because CIG has made a pretty clear effort to change the idea of Pyro from probably, I wanna say 2018, 2019. I mean, 2019, honestly, the last time we saw it till now. Before, it was kind of this desolate wasteland sort of nobody's here a crazy place that you would generally only be if you were like a pirate. But now, Mm -hmm. in the last year or two, it seems like they've pushed this idea that it is not necessarily an outlaw system, but more of a frontier system where, yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's Wild West. But plenty (laughs) of people are living there, you know, making their lives there. You can find services rarely. You can find regular people who will sell you stuff. So I'm wondering if they tried to maybe change that to become more of a lawless Stanton light so that if you did want to be in PvP or you did want to be in combat, there was definitely a place that you could go and make home without feeling like you were completely tossed away on the side, you know? Because it it feels like Pyro really has become... I mean, it feels like the problem, rather, that you're describing of people just straight up feeling helpless getting attacked on their first day in the game, it, it will definitely not be as big a problem when we're in two different systems like that and that second system is something yes. that can sustain that many people
1: yeah it's again it's the risk slash reward thing now here's the thing you're gonna have people that will stay in stanton and strictly stay there oh yeah to do nothing but hurt people easy target nothing but look for easy target like there are people out there that are like that to me i'm not interested in that kind of gameplay that doesn't excite me Fair. right yeah I would much rather spend time in pyro where the high risk, high reward kind of stuff is where, because I know they were talking about adding like creatures that were living on the planet that were like really worth a lot of money and stuff like that. Like yeah. all kinds of interesting gameplay loops and things to do. So it's going to drive people to want to try. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, it's like the jump town. It is exactly like the jump town thing where it's like, okay, we got a drug lab and it's just printing money. So there's people out there that'll all be there in a line and they'll stand in a line. They'll get their boxes. And it's like, Oh, we're all working together. It's like, great. But me and the rest of my guys, we're going to take jump town and we're going to make double the money because only we will get it. So unless you're willing to fight for it, I'm going to go to jump town and I'm going to kill everything. That's not my team. And I'm going to make all the money. So unless you have your own, that's the thing, right? It's like people get upset about the whole jump town phenomenon. And to me, it's, it's like, that's, that's the best part of the game. It's like, here's the thing that you have to, it's king of the hill and you make money yeah. doing it, right? Um, now, some people don't want to play king of the hill, but they'll always be victim to the people who do. So it'll always come down to the first person to pick up a stick and start hitting people, right? And that's just natural as us as humans. It's like, you got something I want, I'm going to take it. So, and I made, this, I made this analogy in one of my recent videos. I said, look, you got a choice to make. You can be a warrior in a garden or you can be a gardener in a war. Which one are you going to choose to be? If you train hard and you take PVP relatively seriously, at least you understand the basics. When those people come and attack you, not only are you going to be able to defend yourself, but you might even be able to get away with your life and get some friends and come back and make double the money. And not only that, but also kill these guys. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can protect your friends and that's the whole thing. Like combat is, is star citizen. Every ship, in some form is affected by combat. I mean, most of the ships in the game—a good, vast ninety percent of them—have a weapon. Mm-hmm. For what reason? I wonder.
0: <laughs> Hopefully, deterrent. To be honest, if if CIG does it right, I think most of the weapons, honestly, are just going to be deterrents. But we'll see. Depends on where you okay, are.
1: Okay, but shouldn't you know how to use those deterrents as best as possible?
0: Man. I mean most people don't know how to use their real world deterrence (laughs) anyway
1: see maybe i look at it differently because because i was military right where it's like you got to train hard because you you never know when that day when that day comes where you gotta yeah step up to the plate and
0: and that is definitely a philosophy i think stands stands on its own two feet in star citizen i mean you know i joke but everybody's probably gonna want to know how to defend themselves in that game or at least always have somebody with them who can and yeah, that's part of the beauty of the game. But looking forward and looking at where this is right now, um, I would like to answer the question really that we came here for today, or rather combine two questions is Is this game one, is it in a place where people who want a dogfight can should be jumping in to start learning how it works? And two, is it a good space combat sim? Or are should people consider Star Citizen seriously as A game that they can come play to experience good space dogfighting moving forward. Yes. And yes. Okay. That's good. Wrap it up.
1: (laughs) Right. There we go. (laughs) Wrap it up. Yes and yes. But they just have to be aware that it 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 it, it's gonna crash on you. There's gonna be some obvious balance issues with some things. So it's like um I always tell this to my guys, it's like, you know, give 80%, right? Like, don't go all the way, and as soon as you reach the 80%, good, just cruise control. Like, just, like, chill. It's, an, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Like, you don't need to run, 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 run to get to the best.
0: a marathon. It's
1: like, we got 20 years, possibly, right? So, it's like, you know, in the next three years, if they can get their combat in a place where it's really good, then all the citizens are going to benefit not just the PvPers, but everybody because don't forget too if combat's in a bad spot it makes it harder for the people who aren't looking for combat to get killed because if combat is really unbalanced then a starfarer that's supposed to defend itself like right now starfarer is horribly outmatched like it doesn't stand a chance like a freaking dragonfly can kill the thing so (laughs) <laughs> if combat is like that you know what i mean it's you know it's it's not healthy for them and it's not healthy for the pvpers too because it's like you know it's like shooting fish in a barrel at some point right you're gonna you're gonna just discourage everybody and it's like what's the point
0: okay that's fair yeah so i mean it's good to hear i like i said i'm not much into combat but i'm really glad to hear that like combat is finally in this game it's getting somewhere that people can enjoy and have fun with um But like you said, it's a marathon, not a race, uh, or rather, not a a sprint. It's going to (laughs) take a while. It's always taking a while. Things break. Things get remade. And honestly, you should not spend any money on this game based on the combat you want to do or any of the gameplay you want to do. Every single ship in this game will go through rebalances. They will go through tweaks. Features will change. It's all in development. So if you are interested in doing this, if you're interested in getting into this combat stuff... Just keep in mind, earn that ship in game. You can, all these ships are earnable in game. So go ahead, spend some time, do that and and learn how they work. Cause there's a lot of anger that can come up when, when you get a ship and it changes for whatever reason. And you feel like you were owed what you had been rewarded when you spent that money. So just something to keep in mind. But Avenger dude, there's been a great talk. Passed up that hour mark. I told you I was gonna have you for a little while, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like to, before we go, just let you say anything else that you'd like to say about this topic and let everybody know where they can find you and your content.
1: Thank you so much, man. I, mean, yeah. I had a blast. Um, you can find me on Twitch at Avenger underscore underscore one and on YouTube at Avenger one. Um, you know. And then the only thing I'll say is um, if you want to get better at the game, get yourself 1% better every day. And before you know it, in a month or two, you'll be a monster. It's incredible how good people can get if they just put a little bit of effort in every day just by one percent you'll be surprised
0: i should really start doing that <laughs> yeah <better. laughs> all right well everybody thank you so much for listening to this episode thank you everybody all the supporters who were here live if you would like to listen to these podcasts live or ad free you can find it on the audio platforms or like i said find listen to it live as a supporter We are completely supported by uh, Patreon, no ads. So it's a great help. Anybody who is willing to sign up over there, it helps me pay for rent, for food, for everything. So thank you so much. And one last time, Avenger One, thank you again for being here on the show. And uh, I will see you next time. Thank you.